Welcome to Happy Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic naturopathic doctor and founder of Amour de Soi Wellness. And Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Happy Talks. My name is Dr. Alice, and this is my awesome co-host, Donovan. And today, we are talking about shyness. So, Donovan, what are your initial thoughts when it comes to shyness? Yeah, so the very first thing that comes to mind is sort of how shyness and introversion can get sort of locked Mm -hmm. up together. Mm -hmm. And I think there's actually a very clear distinction that's important. Um, And the distinction would be introversion is sort of like the way that you rebuild your energy, right? Which is low stimulation environments. Mm -hmm. Shyness, on the other hand, is more of like a a social component and how you interact with other people. So Mm -hmm. I feel like you can, for example, get your energy built back up by being alone without necessarily being nervous around other people. Mm. or unwilling to sort of like talk to people or not good at uh, sort of opening conversations or whatever else. So I think that's the first thing that comes to mind for me is to just pull those two things apart as one is a sort of a way that you uh, revitalize yourself. And one is kind of the way that you interact with other people, or at least Mm. sort of that like initial energy you bring to interactions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would concur with that idea. I kind of view it as shyness is more of a a quality that you can overcome versus introversion is sort of like an innate quality that you're kind of born with to some extent. Like I see my niece and nephew and, you know, same exact parents, complete opposite personalities. Like my niece is super introverted and she always has been. And then my nephew is super outgoing and extroverted. But you know, even though my niece is introverted and she needs like that time to recharge and need some alone time, um, she definitely also had as part of that shyness that she has to some extent, like massively overcome. Like she used to have like serious social anxiety, which I kind of, you know, mirrors shyness to some extent where you're just like uncomfortable around other people. And I actually was considered very shy when I was a child too. But I think, you know, certain things in my life kind of helped me overcome it, like being a waitress. <laughs> it's like you have to kind of force to talk to people. It's part of the job. And then also getting into social partner dancing was another way for me to overcome it in time. And with my niece, she's done like dancing. And I think that's helped a lot. She's gone to um, a child psychologist and that's helped a lot. So I think it's something that's more malleable than introversion. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think you brought up uh, something that I do think is more tightly coupled, which is shyness and social anxiety, right? I think Mm -hmm. those two things are um, maybe variations of degree of the same problem, right? Like where shyness is like the the less... um, powerful version of social anxiety mm-hmm. um but i think what you mentioned about it being sort of something you can overcome is also true in the sense that having sort of shyness at least from my experience and what i've seen is sort of something that that builds up from one of two ways either you don't have the tools that you need mm-hmm. to navigate sort of 
just conversations with strangers very well. Mm-hmm. At least that's historically what it was for me when I yeah. used to be very shy. Or the other thing is because you're introverted, and I think this is why these things get tied together, but being an introvert and mm-hmm. then having experiences that sort of feel uncomfortable for one one reason or another, maybe it's just simply draining your energy. Yeah. Then you start to develop sort of this pattern of like, oh, whenever I have these social interactions, I start feeling drained. So mm-hmm. I don't want to engage in them. I don't want to have more of them. And then they mm-hmm. become sort of linked, but it's more that like one can cause the other, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it will. At least right. that's the way that I've experienced it for myself. Yeah, no, I kind of agree with that, that it can be separate. And and I know introverted people that can actually interact with people pretty well and naturally and and upon interaction you might not even realize they're introverted potentially but it's more about like you know perhaps the setting you know maybe they do better in smaller group settings versus really large ones maybe it depends on the people they're around um because i think ultimately even introverts to some extent need some form of connection like they perhaps need more alone time to recharge and regroup but i think there's still a desire for like a connection especially if like a deeper connection the less superficial kind of thing yeah i think that aligns with sort of some of what i've seen as well i also Mm -hmm. think uh you know you can be you most commonly see shyness in people with introversion but i Mm -hmm. think you can see uh shyness with people who are extroverted as well yeah and it just may not take exactly the form um they typically see but like if there is someone that is extroverted and they are let's say delta delta hand of like growing up with a lot of negative social influences right where like Mm -hmm. yeah they really enjoy engaging with people and wanting to talk to people and they enjoy higher stimulation and that recharges them but their environment just like keeps beating them down yeah um you know, you can develop some of those same shyness sort of mechanisms just because it's like uh, you either don't, again, don't know how to navigate social mm-hmm. settings or when you have tried, it's been negative, whether or not mm-hmm. you have the tools. Yeah. Um, I've seen that a couple of times with people who enjoy sort of that higher stimulation stuff, but mm-hmm. they don't do it as much in social settings because they've had some sort of background like that. And I think that's what um, I would call like sort of that pairing of shyness. That's what it sort of looks like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think with shyness, just because I've had my own experience with it, I, I realized like one of the motivating factors for me to overcome my shyness was the fact that my parents would say that I was shy and it really annoyed me for whatever reason. I didn't like that I was shy. And I don't even, I don't... It's kind of hard to say because I was definitely shy as a child, but I don't know if I was introverted or not because I and because I didn't take personality tests as a child, but I've taken it plenty of times as an adult and I always come out on the extroverted side and I was like, did I was I introverted and then just learn to become extroverted <laughs> or was I always extroverted, but I was also shy and that's kind of hard to distinguish and I just learned how to interact with people and realize that was actually something that um, kind of enlivens me to some extent. Um, But it it took some time and I'd be curious, you know, like 
since it sounds like you've had that experience too of shyness as a child, like what were things that helped you overcome it? Yeah. So let me start with why I think I had it to begin with, and then I'll, mm-hmm. I'll move into sort of the way I work through it. But yeah, for me, like I had the same thing where people would be like, oh, he's shy. This is, he's a shy person. But yeah. I also was in a lot of situations where I just sort of felt uncomfortable, like mm-hmm. the way the conversation was going or the way things opened up. Um, going back to one of our other episodes, like growing up in a very religious community, there yeah. were a lot of, there were a lot of conversations where I was just like, I don't necessarily feel like I'm being shy, but I don't yeah. feel comfortable contributing to this conversation. Like I don't mm-hmm. have anything meaningful to say that won't cause some sort of argument. So I just, <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything to say. Mm-hmm. So I think that those sort of patterns developed because I, I wasn't comfortable in a lot of those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of that is to say, I still, I still actually probably think some people would look at me or talk to me or consider me shy. But the thing that changed mm-hmm. is I now feel much more confidence about speaking the things mm-hmm. I want to when I want to. Mm-hmm. So previously, part of it was me being worried about like, oh, how am I coming off? Are people going to see me right. as like too shy or too quiet or whatever else? And nowadays, I, I don't have nearly as much of that running around in my head. Mm-hmm. which has helped a lot, even if my conversation style hasn't changed much. Right. But the other thing is I did spend a lot of time um, since I was a child sort of understanding more of the nuances around communication and having a dialogue. And mm-hmm. specifically, we've talked about this before, but, you know, if I if I need to make conversation or want or whatever, being able mm-hmm. to ask more questions, more open-ended questions, get other people to open up more, which... Yeah is sort of ironic because by learning those few tools, people think I'm less shy, even though I don't feel like in a lot of circumstances, I'm actually talking any more than I used to. It's mm-hmm. just instead I add a couple questions in and then the other person has a lot of space to talk. Mm-hmm. I'm still not talking, but the conversation feels a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think you make a really good point in that kind of the context of the environment that you're in can influence like your how comfortable you feel in in said environment. And that can make a difference of if you're more socially engaged versus not. Because I think I think that was definitely a factor. And I think it still is for me to some extent, like, you know, if I'm at a party and there's a nobody I know, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> essentially. But if it's a party and there's like, you know, more than 50% of the people I know, then I'd be like, yeah, this is great and awesome. So I think it does make the difference. One of the thoughts that I I just recalled with the shyness part, um, I think one of the things that I would do is kind of like seek out the people that I was most comfortable with. And mm-hmm. yeah, just like, and I've, I have some, to some extent, learn how to interact with people that are strangers, but there's still a somewhat of a discomfort for me even in my late thirties, essentially that, um, you know, I can make do, but, oh, I just remembered the, the other situation that brings still some discomfort for me is that I can, I can carry on a casual conversation with a stranger. That's not an issue typically at this point, but when there's like a group conversation and then there's someone that's like way more extroverted than me and that like dominates the conversation that always you know I don't even know how to like interject or I don't even want to interject because I'm like 
they're just taking up all the space and I'm like, well, and so then I kind of feel like I'm being shy or some people say that I'm quiet and I'm like, I don't feel like that's the case, but that just person was just louder. <laughs> so I don't know if you've been in that type of situation too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what I was talking about in terms mm -hmm. of those kinds of things used to bother me more. Yeah. And now I haven't necessarily changed anything except mm -hmm. for my um, the way that I perceive myself in those circumstances. So the only thing that's that's really changed is is my perception of myself in those circumstances. So like now, if I'm, I, I feel 100 percent the same way. I'm in a group. Yeah. Someone's talking. They're taking up all the space. I don't really have anything to say because mm -hmm. if I do, I will say it. Yeah. But for the most part, it's usually the conversation is not engaging enough for me to want to like <laughs> yeah. jump in, or it's mm -hmm. just not down my interest anyway. Mm -hmm. Um. I just, I'm just not as worried about it as I used to be. Yeah. Um, and that somehow allows me to, when I do have something to say or do find a place to interject, which is not often in those kinds of situations, mm -hmm. I can say it like fully confidently. And it's interesting to see how people have responded to, to that as I've changed. Mm -hmm. Because when I used to be more nervous about how I was coming across, I felt like I would straight up get ignored more often. Like mm -hmm. it just like the things I was saying wouldn't be heard. And right. I don't know if my volume was lower or yeah. it's just like my presentation or mm -hmm. like what, you know, cause I wasn't on the other side of the dynamic, mm -hmm. but it has been interesting for me to see that like, now that I'm more comfortable owning the space I want to own as mm -hmm. opposed to uncomfortably trying to own some sliver of space that I'm not sure I want, um, right. the outcomes are a, a lot smoother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It makes the difference for sure just thinking of other other types of situations where you know it depends on if I'm another situation I thought of was like if I'm sort of like leading the group potentially and to some extent because I have led like group events before you know I do try to make it a point to make sure that there's space for everyone to get heard um, and I I know like then then there's like other situations where I'm not technically like the leader or um, in charge or anything. So, and then there's that person that's like dominating the conversation. I think what I've developed over time that I think help has helped me in these social situations is to kind of like be more present and aware of like, oh, is anyone feeling like left out? Because I think maybe because I haven't been that person <laughs> many times, um, I'm a little more uh, conscious to it. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thread to open up a little bit more because I sort of have almost the opposite take mm. on my experience, which is like, mm. there've been a number of times where I'm quiet yeah, because I want to be quiet yeah. or I don't have anything I want to say. <laughs> and I really <laughs> don't like it when it's like, you know, the, like... the group or the leader or whatever is like, well, what, like, what do you want to say about this? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I would have said whatever I wanted to say. <laughs> oh. so it's interesting to me that like mm. we had such sort of opposite experiences. I would mm. be curious if, Let's pretend that I'm running some sort of a session or something. Yeah. What would be the way that you would want the conversation or like, I guess, spotlight or space opened up for you? Because mm -hmm. we might differ on that and it might be useful mm -hmm. for people to know like what they can kind of look out for. Yeah. You know, I don't, I definitely don't want to be put on the spot to be like, oh, you should have a profound thought to share with the group right now because <laughs> that'll probably be anxious but you know 
I do appreciate when people give me the space to like, oh, did you have anything to add to the conversation? And I can decline and I don't have an issue with declining um, at this point. I think maybe in the past I might have been like, oh, shit, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> but I think at this point in my life, I'm like, no, I'm good. And then they move on. Um, but I, I appreciate like someone creating that opening for me, because if not, I probably would be like, oh, man, there was something I wanted to comment on. But now we're like way past that point in the conversation. I feel like it'd be weird to like bring it up now because we're talking about something totally different. So um, I I appreciate when that happens. But I, I do realize that not everyone wants to speak up. But at the same time, I realize that there's a lot of people that may have something to say, but you know, maybe they feel uncomfortable, like interjecting like me sometimes. So yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, because actually, what you said, and well, I don't know, maybe I'm off. But what you said sounds similar to the way that if someone wants to single me out to give me space is mm-hmm. the way that I would prefer, which is mm-hmm. to basically see if I have anything to say, as opposed yeah. to trying to pull something right. out, because I've been in a lot of those situations where it's like, yeah. what do you think, as opposed mm-hmm. to like, you have anything you want to add and it seems right. like a subtle difference but like you said if mm-hmm. i have the if i have the i don't really like being called on in general but if i have the space to decline mm-hmm. and move on yeah then i'm 100% like that's 100% okay and comfortable with me right but it's those situations where it's like oh you're shy tell us what you think and mm-hmm. it's like i don't necessarily have anything i want to add here uh, yeah. and then like they keep pushing for it i don't know if you've been in those Mm-hmm. circumstances but those are the ones for me that I'm just like yeah I'm not being shy I just mm-hmm. don't have anything I want to tell anyone yeah totally um kind of kind of changing gears I just thought of another um question I'd have for you is you know one of my experiences that probably even still now as an adult there's probably people that I've met that would consider me shy now. I don't consider myself shy. I think the majority of my friends wouldn't consider me shy. But it's like, and then if I I find out that they think I'm shy or quiet, I might get annoyed or irritated. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I guess I didn't say a lot. So I guess it's understandable they made that assumption about me. So yeah, how how would you feel if someone like, even though you might not consider yourself every shy now, how would you feel if if you interacted with someone and then they like decided that you were shy in their mind and their perspective? Would you try to like change their mind about it or you just kind of let it be? Yeah, I don't. I, there was a time in the past where I probably would have fought against the label a lot mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, I don't as much because I feel like I understand the nuance for myself and when. Yeah people may be using words slightly differently than me or they may just have like a small snapshot of who I am and that's what they mm-hmm. what they got so these days I, I wouldn't really try to fight against it or care too much because to me I probably in most situations am a fairly quiet person but I don't mm-hmm. think I'm shy right yeah. like to me shy means like I'm nervous mm. or uncertain about my ability to like take up space in a conversation yeah and I don't, I just don't feel like that's true anymore. Other people might have a different definition, right? Other people might say like, uh, quiet, quiet and shy are the same thing. Yeah. Like they mean the same thing to me. So mm-hmm. to me having sort of, and I've talked about this a couple of times, but just like more of a solid grounding for myself mm-hmm. on this topic has helped me not really worry about it much anymore. Um, 
now there's still definitely times that I get social anxiety and like mm-hmm. try to work through that and then process that and whatever else. But all of those are about the feelings, the uncomfortable feelings I have, as opposed mm-hmm. to any sort of perception. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have a similar experience and, and I'm glad that you made the distinction between shyness and quiet because I definitely can relate more to quiet because there's times where I am probably quieter than other people in the conversation. Sometimes I'm not, it really varies, but it's, it's rare. I think now to, at least in my own perception, to perceive myself as shy. And even though that might be how I come across to other people and it doesn't necessarily bother me so much anymore. Yeah. Because I, I, I think especially if it's not something that you mm-hmm. have dealt with personally, it's not something that you really think too much about the nuances. So yeah. that's, that's one of the main reasons that I'm like, if it's mostly all the same bucket in their mind, then that's fine. Right. Like yeah, whatever. if I'm, if people think I'm coming across as too afraid or nervous to enter mm-hmm. a conversation, mm-hmm. um, it's not necessarily something that I would like chase down and fight against super hard, but that's yeah. not like the perception I want to give. Mm-hmm. And like I said, since since my internal position has changed so much, I actually externally don't get that very often anymore because mm-hmm. when I do speak, it's coming from a, a much more like confident, measured place as mm-hmm. opposed to in the past where I was nervous. Um, yeah. It came out in the way that I was sort of interacting with people mm-hmm. so the biggest thing there um that we, you sort of mentioned a little bit when you're talking about um sort of jobs you've done and and, and whatnot but re- just repetitions of being forced to talk to new people has right. also been uh probably the strongest tool for mm-hmm. breaking that shyness um one in the confidence to be able to navigate conversations but two to also actually build the tool set so yeah um just going back to sort of asking like ways to work through this for me same sort of thing like that stuff really melted when I forced myself to drastically increase the number of interactions I had with strangers um Mm -hmm. I actually did that in college before I was working at a job that made me run through a bunch of people but just like Mm -hmm. forcing myself to like make eye contact with people smile Mm -hmm. at people yeah just like small little social cues and and the nice thing is um the vast vast majority of those are positive or at least they have been in mm-hmm. my experience of the, yeah. other people's mileage may di- differ but mm-hmm. um most of those interactions are pleasant so like or at least neutral so you can sort of yeah. like slowly break down that pattern of like what if they don't like me what if they yell at me what if they make fun of me what if mm-hmm. uh and actually as i'm saying that the interactions as an adult are typically more measured and and fair than as mm-hmm. a kid right as yeah. a kid in school there's like a lot of bullying a lot of mean comments a lot of people mm-hmm. not making uh sort of thoughtful choices about the way that they're speaking right. to people and i think that actually yeah. is probably another factor that can contribute to uh, a lot of the shyness at least it was for me again like with that like religious community mm-hmm. background as a kid i would say or think or a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. it just wouldn't land for one reason or another. So that also sort of developed more shyness in me as I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to unwind that with the same thing, just more repetitions of like things feeling nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I do see that I think most people would consider shyness a quality that's predominantly in children versus adults, but I, it definitely can occur in adults as well. But I think it's like, yeah, the more interactions that we have, the more comfortable we, we get with the interactions with strangers. And um, and it's it's not like, yeah, you don't usually die from those interactions. So you survive and they're usually okay or, or even pleasant on occasion. And um, yeah, you get through. But anyways, I think we covered this topic pretty well. Were there any final thoughts you had before we wrap it up? Yeah, I just wanted to, the, the last thing you said just brought mm-hmm. a thought to mind, which is, um, you know, when I was a kid, yeah, I felt like I was just called shy. And then that was sort of the end of it. Right. Uh, it would have been nicer to have sort of more support around just like, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? Why don't you want to yeah. talk about this stuff? Like, mm-hmm what is your experience? Because I feel like um, with the right circumstances and the right sort of guidance, I could have mm-hmm. come out of that a lot earlier, but yeah. I was basically, you know, just a kid and trapped in this pattern of like, yeah, a lot of times when I talk to people, the conversation just goes in a weird, awkward way that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, ha- I, I mean, I don't think that I was, I was young at the time, but not incapable of taking the perspective of like, yeah. understanding some of the ideas around like context matters and who you're talking to or like yeah. here are some things that you can do to mm-hmm. have the conversation go more smoothly or like whatever right. else I just know that I, I spent a lot of time um both uncomfortable with the situations and uncomfortable with the label and then I had to go mm-hmm. figure it out myself mm-hmm. so um the point I'm trying to make is I guess if you have a kid or someone that you know that's shy um yeah it may be something to like open up the conversation a little bit more instead of just being like, Oh, they're shy. Oh, well. And not also be like, Oh, you're shy. You have to go talk to this person and do this thing and talk to this other person. And and that may be ultimately what helps with the shyness, but like smaller steps to open up that conversation instead of just forcing things through, because I Mm. got a little bit of that too. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you're too shy. Go do this. And then mm-hmm. it was uncomfortable. And then the conversation didn't go well because yeah. I didn't have, I didn't have any backing tools or context or anything to figure out how to not make it unpleasant. Mm-hmm. So then it would just add to that sort of pattern that I already had. And I'd be like, yep, this sucks. Like, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, like what to you thought. to stay out of this. Right. So um, that's the other thing just that, that I thought of is just if there is some, mm. someone, probably a kid that mm-hmm. you know that needs help working through this. Um, repetition will can help but it needs to be like framed the right way so they're actually yeah. making progress and and feeling like positive interactions instead of just right embedding that pattern Forcing. deeper yeah no I agree with that and I I had like a very similar experience in that for me as a child it was kind of like oh you're shy and they didn't do anything about it <laughs> they didn't force me into like talking to people but they just kind of were like gave me the label that I didn't like and just left me to my own devices <laughs> to figure it out um which yeah I think looking back it would have been nice to be like oh this is something you can you can work on if if that's something you want to work on kind of a thing and here's some things you can do if if you're wanting to grow out of this or overcome this but 
anyways, I think we uh, covered this pretty well. And uh, that's it for today. We appreciate you. And if you appreciate us, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and help spread the happiness in the world. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Happy Talks with Dr. Allison Donovan. We hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life. What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode? For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at dralicefong.com and you can find me on my social media handles at dralicefong. You can find me at howtohappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at howtohappy. Catch, Catch you next, you next time. time.